0: Podcast. I am Muse, and I'm joined by Joe.
1: Happy birthday, Muse!
0: Envy. Happy birthday, Muse. Oh God! Yeah. Slip the pun in. Uh, This week, it's my birthday, so we're gonna be covering comics starring my favorite superhero, Robin, more specifically Tim Drake.
1: A.K.A. According to Muse, the best Robin.
0: Yes, yes, he is. In my own personal opinion, there are many Robins, and everyone's opinion. Everyone is valid to their opinions, but it is—it's <clears throat> not there are Tim.
1: Wrong ones. Trash. There
0: are wrong ones, and it's Damien. <laughs> oh
2: my god! Oh my
0: gosh! He's going through some stuff. Leave him alone. God, it's been a phase. Poor Damien, Either way, um, because I am obsessed. I'm going to save my comic for last and let my rant (laughs) take over the later half, depending on how much time we have later. I'm going to let V go first with her comic. Okay.
2: Well, uh, (laughs) because I love you, Muse, and I know how much she loves Stephanie Brown, (laughs) I... I'm kidding. She's going to kill me. I picked (laughs) picked Convergence Batgirl 1 and 2. Oh, boy. Yeah. It's been a while since anyone's talked about Convergence, or probably thought about it. Yeah. That was a weird event. It was really weird. Um, For those of you who don't remember Convergence, uh, it was a DC event where they had a bunch of cities (laughs) in multiple universes basically bottled... John Kent was not there. Don't even ask. <laughs> Basically, some aliens named the DC management decided <laughs> to put all these cities under bubbles. And the cities were completely cut off from each other, even in the same planet. So these people would be pretty much stir-crazy. They were all trapped with no powers in their perspective cities. Oh. Mm-hmm. And so... In a place like Gotham, you'd think that wouldn't be a big deal, but you have to remember people in Gotham are crazy. (laughs) So pre-Flashpoint Gotham City.
1: So this is before New 52. Yeah. The good one.
2: Yeah. (laughs) The good old days always had some hiccups. Uh, This one was one of them. I remember when I first read this, I absolutely hated it. It's grown on me since. I hadn't had much experience with Batgirl uh, Stephanie Brown at that point. Mm And then I read the other stuff, and I'm like, oh, she's way worse than this on a normal day. <laughs> so this is actually one of the better versions of Stephanie Brown. So here's what happens. Uh, it's it's two comics. All of the Convergence ones are mm-hmm. two for some reason. I think it's so that the covers can match.
1: Two-parter, like, each uh, little story arc. Yeah okay
2: this one it's told in a really like whimsical wonky way just in terms of the timeline so you won't get like from one end to the next Mm -hmm. it's always like flashbacks so it can start with how did we end up here and it's just Batgirl standing on a rock with her cape flying and you're like I don't know that's (laughs) you tell me Batgirl (laughs) so there's like a lot of uh, flashbacks so I'm just going to tell it to you in the chronological way (laughs) I don't know if it would have been better that way, but that's where where we're going. So, Gotham gets bubbled, and people go nuts. There's no, like, fresh coffee, because coffee is not grown in Gotham. All the things that are limited supply, medicine, anything made in another city is in short supply. It's a terrible place. Uh, Some people go crazy. They decide to set all the animals free from the zoo. (laughs) They get trampled and eaten. Uh, Stephanie sees a guy, like an animal rights activist, get mauled by a lion. And she's just (laughs) like, and sees the lion get put down. And she just immediately takes her outfit off. She like takes her mask off. She ditches her outfit. She's like, I don't want to do this anymore. She has like a monologue about, you know, I don't have any superpowers, but I feel like I lost part of myself that wanted to fight. And she sort of adopts a more pacifistic lifestyle. Hmm. I should have said pacifist lifestyle. She becomes like a doctor's assistant and helps people, you know, even though medicine is in short supply, Interesting. hospitals are in short supply, but she has a nine to five. They live off of rice and beans. <laughs> they have fake coffee and she comes home And there's Cass. And Cass is off a long shift fighting people in the subway who are probably trying to mug people. Mm -hmm. That's her life. Cass is Black Bat at that point. Robin is Red Robin. They both live a lifestyle where they fight everything. And Stephanie just, she doesn't condemn her for it, but she's like, that's not me, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't ever want to go back to that. So she's become completely civilianized. (laughs) Wouldn't you know it? That is when she gets the notification on the news. They say this is a list of the fighters from our Earth who are going to be fighting people from other Earths. And uh, (laughs) on the list is Batgirl. And Steph is like, um, did they mean you, Cass? And she's like, nope, they didn't say Black Bat. They didn't say Oracle. They said Batgirl. And she's like, oh, no, they couldn't have let me. I'm not even in the top tier Batgirl, let alone one of the top tier heroes of our city. But Cass produces Batgirl's suit and says, there you go. We get, <laughs> we better get training. And Steph is like, oh, oh, Cass, you never washed it? And she's like, didn't even think about it. <laughs>
0: and it so Cass, I it's
2: love it. It's very cute because they, they do establish, oh, she talks a lot more. She's teaching Cass to read. Yeah. Um, ha- they have this cute little roommate situation. Cass tries to bring up Tim, and Steph kind of just talks over her because she uh-huh. does not <laughs> want to talk about Tim. She and Tim broke up when she got rid of her back girl outfit. Oh. We find that out after what happens next, which is these three decide to train together. They're like, we don't want you to die, Cass, and therefore condemn all of us to Steph. die. Sorry, Steph. Damn it. So, they try to help Steph, because if Steph loses, their entire planet will be obliterated. That's the deal. Oh,
1: I remember this from Convergence, actually.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're basically pushing universes on top of each other. So, they're like, whichever one comes out on top gets to be the the dominant universe. The other one gets sucked into that one. It's basically, like, converging, right?
1: Yeah. It kind of reminds me of Crisis of Infinite Earths a little bit. Yeah. Because you had the two Earths merging into one.
0: But this is like really poorly done and rushed.
1: It yeah
0: definitely has a are you not entertained value <laughs> to it that's kind of,
2: yeah, it was very rushed. <laughs> it was just kind of like surprise, these people will be fighting these people, and you're like, uh, what, what, what? what? Mm-hmm. So she doesn't know who she's fighting, and she doesn't know how much time she has before she's called, so they're training together. Cass is like, wow, you are really out of shape. And Tim is like, you are going to die. <laughs> so they decide to all go on a little field trip to solve a problem. All the people, because the glass dome got taken down, everyone's trying to escape Gotham. Of course. And they're like, no, 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 don't go beyond the dome. We don't know what's out there. You know, we, mm-hmm. it's been a year. <laughs> Could you guys just chill? And they're like, no.
1: A whole year.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Steph threatens them, and there's this, like, repeating thing where, like, Steph uses her words instead of fighting. Mm -hmm. So she's, like, threatening to release this canister. She's like, this will cause you to be blind for six hours. I will drop this if you guys do not (laughs) stop rioting this minute. And they all calm down. And she's like, wow, those idiots. Did they not even look? We don't even have masks on. What were they thinking? (laughs) Just like maybe they thought the bat suits would protect us. I don't know, but then they all get sucked up in these weird little black balls, Mm -hmm. or she starts to get sucked up, and she's like, "Ah, guys, help me!" And Cass jumps on, wraps her arms around her, (laughs) like, and then Tim jumps on, and he goes, "We're not gonna let you go!" So they all get sucked up together, and dropped off in the PvP zone.
1: Oh gosh!
2: So, (laughs) fight! (laughs) It's just a, a desert canyon. Stephanie starts to hyperventilate she's like what if I have to fight a psychic (laughs) I don't know how to fight a psychic I don't know how to control my thoughts and she goes on this long rambly thing and they're like calm down you're freaking yourself out (laughs) so they go on this journey whatever and I think they spend the night there Steph gets up to pee you see her whole thing where she's like trying to struggle out of her bat suit why do we need that it was interesting. I didn't know that it had like the midsection opened, but then she gets jumped by Catman. <laughs>
0: Catman.
2: And he just starts attacking her. They're fighting. And she's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> he says, ah, I forget something like, I'm glad you're so bad at observing your surroundings. I don't know. Some sort of like taunty thing. And she's like, Joke's on you. I was trying to lure you out in the open. And he's like, well, you did a great
1: job. I can't believe they completely missed the thing of, like, well, you literally caught me with my pants down.
2: <laughs> oh, my God. not everyone in comics is you, Joe. That's why. <laughs> so they fight for a little bit before, um... Sorry, this is so funny to me. Gorilla Grodd jumps out of nowhere <laughs> and just attacks oh, Cass.
0: Oh, hey, look. A psychic!
2: <laughs> yeah! Her worst nightmare. So so now it's just a free-for-all. We are in full PvP mode. And everyone's fighting everyone. We have to go through flashbacks, which is why I'm like jumping around a little bit. I'm trying not to. Mm-hmm. But I should note that in their journey, where they were walking through the canyon, Tim is like, being a horrible person, and you're <laughs> gonna hate this. Tim is like, Steph, we should talk. And she's like, Oh, that's weird. See, I tried to talk to you for like a year when we were in the bubble and you were like nowhere to be found. You didn't want to pick up. And he's like, well you kind of hung up the suit and the suit, that's kind of part of it
0: with you and me. And she's like, oh, what?
1: I'm
0: sorry. Oh my god. <laughs> this story is just him bashing. You're like rejected. <laughs>
1: Where's the receipt for this gift?
2: (laughs) Taking it back. (laughs) I saved his transcript for you. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) This is the worst I've ever seen Tim behave. So you can tell that this writer is pro stuff all the way. Who's the writer, by the way? The writer is Elisa Quitney and the artist Rick Leonardi. Okay. So Elisa decided Tim is a total dick and a monster because this is what he says. He goes, yeah, well, sorry about that. She goes, you never even bothered to break up with me. You just went all moody and silent. <laughs> he said, I didn't know what to say, Steph. She said, you say, hey, I don't want to date you anymore because you're not Batgirl or Spoiler or Robin. You say words one after the other. He goes, I'm sorry, but you've got to know that I don't, didn't stop caring about you. <laughs> but the thing about us, the job job was part of it from the very start it was I don't know part of what made us us (laughs) and then there's Cass just trying not to notice (laughs) this too and she goes and now that I'm I'm Batgirl again what everything's fine we can be a couple again And he goes I don't know Steph you didn't want to be Batgirl again it was foisted on you and if we all survive this I'm sure even you don't know what you want to do next but if you want to get back together, yeah, I guess there's a chance. Oh
1: my gosh, Tim.
2: She's like, unbelievable. <laughs> he says, what? I say something wrong? <laughs> and she just
1: punches him across the face. I mean, he deserved that one.
0: God, like, even if this wasn't Tim, if this is anyone, it's so cringy and so bad, like. Doesn't that
2: just make you your blood boil to hear that? Yeah. <laughs> This
0: is why, I, when I first read it, I was like, this is
2: terrible. Tim has gotten a revival, okay? People actually write him with a brain cell now. But when he <laughs> was with Stephanie, there were a lot of times he was an absolute monster. He would string her along. Like, War Games arc. Really bad stuff mm-hmm. went down. I
1: don't know. I never read that one.
2: Yeah, because, like... Sure, Stephanie was a horrible person in that And she caused the death of thousands But like, a lot of (laughs) But in her defense, the guys Around her were dicks
1: (laughs) Um. I was gonna say, I'm pretty sure that's The story arc that you said, and this is when I Started hating Stephanie Brown
2: Oh yeah, oh yeah, no, she was awful In that, she's like, you'll fire Me, huh? Well, I'm gonna initiate This war game sequence By calling all the mob bosses To a meeting So the whole thing turned into an even bigger PvP zone and thousands died. And that was a weird arc for Gotham. Yeah. That was pretty much strike number three for
0: Stephanie. (laughs) (laughs) I just, to be honest, most of what I did read for that, when it was like Robin or other things, I kind of really quickly skimmed a lot of like the really awkward conversations between him and Steph because it was just, it was bad. Like, I will agree, Tim was an ass, but Stephanie was a dum-dum. Like, him yelling at you, yes, and berating you a little bit, being like, what were you doing? Why? But the way he went about it could have been handled a bit better, but still. Even their romantic scenes were, like, super toxic. They always were. And I think when he met Steph in the comics, I'm, I'm blanking a little bit. I think he was with some other girl when he technically met Steph. Like, spoiler was going on. Tim was dating, kind of dating this one girl. Oh, yeah. And then was like, oh, shoot, I have feelings for this new superhero. But it's like, okay, they're teenagers. The wishy-washy of feelings and the butterflies happens a lot. So I think... As Robin, he was dating spoiler, but as Tim Drake, he was dating the other girl or had some kind of relationship, but it wasn't like spelled Mm -hmm. out. I I don't remember if they'd actually said anything. So that's where like a lot of people are like, Tim is a cheating 2 timing. I'm like, he was 14. He had a bad role model. (laughs) Mr. Playboy father. I mean, and his dad, his actual dad was not the best person, to be honest.
1: But you also had some moments where Tim was like, because there was that whole story arc where Steph was pregnant. Yeah. Yes. And mm-hmm. Tim was like actually being supportive mm-hmm. and like going to like supportive. those classes with her.
2: Mm-hmm. There's some parts of DC canon I just cut out. I'm like,
0: do not see. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Robin Run had a ton of authors come in, especially after Chuck Dixon stopped writing it. Mm-hmm. They flip-flopped a lot, so... Oh, Chuckles, I miss him. (laughs) I can't remember if that was Chuck Dixon writing Tim during those times, because then you just look at him and go, Buddy, I know you can write really good and awesome, compelling stories. Why are we dealing with teen drama? Hmm. This is stupid. This is pre-CW, so you get, like, a mild pass on the dumb teen drama. No you
2: don't.
1: No.
0: Well, no passes for dumb teen drama. Dumb teen
2: drama. Okay so back to this. I'm, I promise there's not much to wrap up. I just wanted to highlight that because that is a major feature in why this is interesting but also garbage. So the actual fight is boring. What happens is Catman and Steph are fighting. Gorilla God jumps out of nowhere and he's just like ah, and and <laughs> and, <laughs> well, and what's he, that again? And he, like, goes over, and he attacks Cass. He, like, has her by the head. Oh, my god! She fights him off for a little bit, but, like, you know, it's Cass. She's like a little badger. She's going to keep going, even though she can't win. Mm -hmm. So she goes toe-to-toe with him. He gets a hold of her. He knocks Tim down, and Steph is like... Tim, are you okay? And Tim looks up at her and he goes, No, the human Tim is not okay. And he what? just starts attacking oh my- her. And I forgot, oh yeah, psychic, mind control. Oh, Gorilla damn. Yeah, so he's like fighting her and the Catman guy is like expositing. He's like, Oh, I don't even know how he gets all this out, but he basically says he killed everyone I love back home on my Oh my Earth. gosh. Because he's post Flashpoint, I think. And in his world, Gorilla Grodd has killed, like, everybody. So, oh, and he God. has, like, a bunch of wives. is a weird harem oh thing going on. So he's like, I wanted to kill this guy so bad. And, like, we were fighting. And we got separated because we both got stuck in Magoo and brought here. Steph says to Gorilla Grodd, take me instead. And he says, I don't have to choose. So he smashes Cass on oh the ground. Gosh. And she is out. Steph, hearing that Catman is desperate, she says, Look, you have to forfeit. And if you don't, I will. Because one of us has to let the other win so that the portal can open up and we can send him back. And she says, I'll do it. And he goes, No, I'll do it. Everyone I love is dead. My oh world my sucks, gosh. basically. He's like, Catman? Hey,
0: yeah, Catman. <gasps> Catman! The real hero in this entire thing is Catman.
2: So he forfeits. Steph punches him as hard as she can, mm-hmm. doesn't knock him out because she is a weak little girl. He's just like, girl to God, I'm going to go back to our home planet and I'm going to sample each of your wives. <laughs> <laughs> something like that, something misogynistic. And he goes,
1: "God!" He, he
2: grabs him. They both get taken away. Steph is like, phew, I saved my planet. Oh, no, Cass is dead. So she goes over, Cass, and it cuts over to the hospital room and Tim is giving her a real cup of coffee, and she's like, how much did this cost you? How did you get this? He's like, I got it off the black market.
0: And I, don't yeah, ask Tim, me. Yeah, Tim would have connections to get his fucking coffee. <laughs> God damn it. I not even me. thought of that. <laughs> Tim and his frickin' coffee. That's why <laughs> there's like a this...
2: shortage. He's been stockpiling it himself. <laughs> Timothy Drake.
0: God, I'm not surprised. It's that one of those, like, weird little, like, canon fandom things that has become canon where like Tim is just obsessed with drinking coffee because he's a night owl and has issues with sleeping.
1: Meanwhile like canonically Uh, he's rarely seen drinking coffee.
0: No. Well this one backs her theory up. It backs her theory up.
2: So yeah he gives her some coffee they're looking at Cass they're like I don't know how she's doing if she's gonna make it and Steph is thinking you know I could never fight Gorilla Grodd head on because I'm not that kind of Batgirl. Cass would have just taken him. Babs would have created some traps for Mm -hmm. him to fall into. But I won because I used my words. Basically, that's what she's saying. And again, she's talking about, like, you know, I guess I did it by not being a superhero. Okay, dummy. (laughs) But, like, half the time when you open your mouth, all that comes out is, like, verbal diarrhea. So, like, (laughs) let's not pretend (laughs) you're some great orator. Mm Mm-hmm. So, anyways, she's sitting there with whatever, Cass, and then she and Tim are talking about the coffee. When Cass wakes up, they both start talking to her in, like, unison, and Cass is just grabs her head, and she's just like, no, owl will make it stop. And they're like, oh, what is it? Is it your head? And she's like, no, it's you. Get a room. <laughs> and then they do.
1: Oh. What?
2: Yeah. Tim is like, I don't want to rush you. And she's like, Oh, our world might end tomorrow, so I think we should rush. And then they're all too beat
0: up to do anything, so oh they just cuddle on the couch. Oh my god! Like that counter contradicts what she was talking about. Like before, being like, "No, you better apologize. You better actually tell me these things." It's like, yeah, no, I'm fine. I'll snuggle with you because the world's gonna end.
2: I guess she earned the power of self-respect, which <laughs> translates to just. She letting yourself her get pushed around I don't know How does that become a victory Where you're like yeah I forgive you For never breaking up with me But just ignoring me because I'm a filthy civilian <laughs> I don't know She should have just gifted him the suit And been like here stuff it with cotton And make out with it I don't care <laughs> <laughs> That would have been the best ending Is if she had made him a body pillow Out of her costume <laughs> And she's like here you go
1: <laughs> Something Since so this, this is what
2: you love, choose <laughs> between me and the body pillow. <laughs> but I guess she didn't find anyone at that time, and she had like Wonder Woman syndrome, where she's just like, gotta go back to what I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the end is just them snuggling, and you're like, oh, that's a happy ending. Except it undermines everything mm-hmm. we were told during the story, and it's a little gross. Lo- like their relationship in general. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's convergence, uh, wow. at least for the Batgirl.
1: That was actually a lot better than I was expecting. Really? Yeah. I mean, like, the underlying theme of that is still pretty gross. But in terms of, like, the story and, like, just everything with grod and Catman, like, that was great. That sounded amazing.
0: What, that he killed everyone he loves? Well, I mean, that's sad. Yeah. <laughs> But like Catman sacrificing it was yeah. like. In honestly, my opinion,
1: like it a, was an easy out. Like a mini Catman redemption arc though?
0: I mean
2: I guess. And what
1: we were getting at the time Convergence came out?
2: I guess. There was like another one that had like an identical theme though, with a guy uh, just like forfeiting.
1: No. That's I mean that's kind
2: of what ended up happening a couple times because, like, you can't really have them just, like, bash each other until one dies because that's not heroic.
1: That's just, yeah, I was going to say, like, that's the thing with superheroes. You can't have them fight to the death unless you're in Marvel. No. But even then, because you had the um, the DC-Marvel crossover where, again, they were pitted against each other and they had to fight to see whose universe was better they wouldn't fight to the death either.
2: Mm -hmm. They should have just thrown in the Power Rangers and Ninja Turtles and called it a day. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, Convergence was weird. It was interesting for what it was. I wish it didn't have any, like, long-lasting impacts.
1: That is one of the worst versions of Tim that I've ever heard, though.
0: He's pretty awful. Yeah, like, he has his moments.
1: And he has a lot of those moments of, like, I don't understand how women work. Or like relationships, what are they? But it's never this bad.
0: Mm-mm. And I feel like at this point, Tim should have learned. To be yeah. honest, maybe I don't know, which is strange to say. This get some relationship advice from your best friend, like Connor's <laughs> Connor? done. A, yeah, I mean, like the weirdly two of them, enough,
1: Connor and Cassie.
0: They're a better example of a couple. Didn't Cassie throw herself at
2: Robin after Connor disappeared?
1: They threw themselves at each other. Then it was on and off again for a couple months after that, and then Connor came back.
0: It was a grieving thing, and it they both said it was not good for both of them. I mean, if you look at the Robins in
2: general, I would say maybe Jason and Damien had the least toxic like male versus female relationships. I mean,
1: Damien didn't have any relationship.
2: Unless you count like maps, the friend stuff, like yeah. Maps or style. Maya...
1: I never read any of that. I didn't read Academy. a lot of Damien.
2: It's cute and it's beautifully drawn. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well,
0: hostess with the Mostess. Um, so that was an interesting start. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Connor, Joe, would you like to cover your?
1: Yeah, I do. Love that we started like this whole episode. I was like we're gonna. It's my birthday. I want to talk about my favorite character. So V is like, okay, sure. Here's the best adaptation I can find.
0: I I even said, like, if you can't find anything, I can, like, throw you different stories. Like, I have read plenty.
2: I want you guys to experience things that I have experienced.
1: Which I appreciate.
2: I wanted it to be new for you. So I can't
0: take something you recommend.
1: I can't give you something you already know is gonna end well.
0: Yeah, but, <laughs> but at with... the same time, it's good to read something that's
1: <laughs> <laughs> lets you appreciate what you have.
0: Yeah,
2: expand <laughs> your horizons. So
1: with mine, I did one that actually you would not think involved Tim Drake because it was from the Superman Batman series from the early two thousands. Hmm. So this was actually from two thousand six. This is issue number twenty seven. This is actually the second appearance of both Tim Drake and Superboy in the series, where they basically took over the issue, and it only focuses around them. This one was also a special issue. This was written by Sam Loeb, the son of Jeff Loeb, as well as being contributed by an additional 25 writers and artists. What? Yes, 26 people worked on this issue.
0: Can you say too many cooks?
1: (laughs) But it was done beautifully, and I'll explain as to why at the end. (laughs) So, this is post-crisis, by the way. This is 2006, so this is after Infinite Crisis, in which Connor Ken had actually died as he fought against Superboy Prime. So it starts off with Tim basically talking about like the good days and the bad days with connor and like how he misses his best friend and he gets into like there was actually this one time and it dives into the story so it starts off with connor and tim on their way to go meet up with superman and batman because they got requested for some mission or whatever they both think they're in trouble because they're like anytime the two of them want to talk to us we did something wrong and Connor's like, we didn't do something wrong and then Tim's like, Remember last week when Superman had to go fight that thing out in space and you hosted a party at the Fortress of Solitude? He's like, Yeah, Batgirl is such a lightweight. Oh my <laughs> and he's God. He's like, And did you ever clean up after a party? He's like, Okay, yeah, we're in trouble. <laughs> so they get there. Connor's like, No, we're going to be on time. We're going to get there early before they even show up. Batman's there, of course. <laughs> And Connor's like, man, I can hear a gnat fart, but I can't hear a guy in a bat suit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my
0: god, these Connor lines are so classic.
1: So then Superman shows up, and he's like, oh, sorry, I was dealing with this satellite that was about to crash into the Indian Ocean, but I heard what all you three were catching up on. And then Thanks. Connor's like, okay, we're fashionably late. So Tim's like, dude, you wear a t-shirt. You can't do anything fashionable.
0: Wow. I don't know what's happening so here. They, they do riff on him a lot on the t shirt.
1: <laughs> Literally. It's still, there's no explained reasoning for his Mm-mm. outfit choice. But anyway uh superman and batman when blast asking tim and superboy to go on a mission they needed them to go check on the new Toyman known as hero okamura in japan hero, who yep. is a 13 year old kid who is always flopping back and forth between the good side and the bad side <laughs> batman in the last time hired hero to build all of batman's vehicles so it's like, like
2: a liability, the maybe. jets,
1: the Batmobile, and whatnot to try and keep him on, like on the good side without crushing like his creativity instincts.
2: No, because here's the thing: one, he could build in things that he could use later against you, so that's a liability. Two, child labor laws. Just because <laughs> he's a child in an Asian country does not mean you get to use <laughs> him for labor. Anyways,
1: <laughs> so they're asking Tim and Connor to go check up on hero because it's been 30 days since bruce requested his batmobile and he hasn't heard anything from hero at all so they're like okay we can go check on him and it looks like the doors are kind of blown open so they're looking around there's like a total wreck of things and then the original toy man is there winslow's shot okay he basically says i captured hero you have 30 minutes to find him if you find him any minute more after that he's dead but Connor, with his super hearing, notices that it's a robot. So he just destroys the robot of Winslow's shot. He's like, okay, that was weird. But now we have to find hero. Then the floor from underneath them opens up and they fall down. And this is where the wackiness starts. Almost every single page is done by a different artist. Okay. And a couple of different writers as well. Sometimes it looks good, sometimes it's bad. overall, I enjoyed a lot of the art in this one. So they basically start off in, like, this kindergarten room. So you just see, like, cribs and giant toy blocks and stuff like that. And they're basically teleporting from different rooms to different rooms. One of those said rooms, they actually get separated. Tim ends up in a room being chased by ninjas (laughs) looking for Connor because he he hears screaming. And then he opens up this door, finds Connor... And Connor's like, you went and found yourself a room full of deadly ninjas, and I only found paradise. (laughs) Connor is in a bathtub with bubbles everywhere, with a naked Wonder Girl, Raven, and Starfire. He's like, come on in. We're making bubbles.
2: Oh my (laughs) gosh! Connor!
1: You know they're just robots, right? He's like, yeah? So? So? Tim throws some batarangs, blows up the robots, and you just see the anger just wash over Connor. He's like, I hate you. I hate you so much. I hate you more than anything in the world right now.
2: He doesn't want a woman. <laughs> That's the funniest thing about Connor, is if he got a woman, he wouldn't know what to do with her. Like, but he's great with like the appearance of women, you know? Yeah. He's like, we're gonna
1: play underwater Teen Titans Twister. <laughs> oh my gosh. And Tim's just looking at him, he's like, you're not well, are you? <laughs> He's like, dude, one day you're gonna grow a hormone and all will become clear.
0: Oh my gosh. god. God <laughs> I swear, as soon as Connor came out of that cadmus tube, he was horny for women.
2: <laughs> but not because anytime a woman puts the
0: moves on him, he flips out, tries to escape. He doesn't like it. He loves the chase of being like, hey, hey baby, and but as soon as she's like flirting back or reciprocating, he's like I did not sign up for this. And, and was, like, that's trying happened a to bunch of
1: times out. in the 90s as well.
0: He yes. just wants to be a lady killer. He
1: can't <laughs> take what he dishes out. Nope. That's the problem.
0: It's hilarious.
1: He gets confronted with He's like, oh, I hear something. I gotta go. Bye. <laughs> so there's another room where they find Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. And they're like, did we get out of here? Did we get teleported to the washout or something like that? And they're like, you let him die. You took too long. Like, no, they have to be robots. Tim uses his bow staff, cracks Batman's jaw, and there's blood. He's like, oh, oh shit. Oh, no. Bruce? All of a sudden, he gets a closer look, and he sees, like, gears in Diana's uh, <laughs> mouth. He's like, okay. all right. I got Batman. Connor's like, I get soups. And then the both of them, I get Wonder Woman. <laughs> <laughs> so then they start fighting him. And then Tim's like... See, I told you they were robots. There's no way they're real. He's like, oh yeah, then what was Bruce? Please, Bruce, get up. I miss you so much, Bruce. And Tim's like, and that's better than Clark. That hurts. Okay, (laughs) that's a nice threatening (laughs) Sundance. Oh, snark. It's just a bunch of these shenanigans going back and forth. Until, finally, uh, they get into basically what's, like, a frogger room. Remember that old arcade game where you had to yeah. cross the street without getting hit by cars on the highway? Mm-hmm. So they're looking at, like, these giant frogs, like, okay, we have to get across the highway. And Tim's like, no, 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 let them trample us. He's like, have you never played this game? Like, we're gonna die. He's like, just trust me, we'll do it. So they get trampled by the frogs, and they end up in, like, this black space whatever. And Connor's like, please don't tell me this is the bonus round and then hero shows up he's like oh nice job you guys you did it in under 30 minutes both of them are like what the hell dude you tried to kill us he's like i knew you guys would be fine you guys weren't gonna get in any real trouble dude like you can't do this life isn't a game you can't just play around with people like that he's like uh sure it is Life's a game and sometimes sadly it's a battle but that doesn't mean it's not worth playing He's like, so tell me, how'd you guys figure it out? And the entire time, Tim is giving out all these deductions of like, well, first off, the doors were blown in from the inside. And Connor's like, yep, I picked that up right away. Saying all these things, and Connor's like, oh, yeah, I noticed that. I noticed that. I noticed that as well. And then he's quiet for a little bit, and Tim looks at him. He's like, now's the part when you said that you figured out about the frogger thing. He's like, I did figure out about the frog thing. (laughs) (laughs) They ask Hero why he did it. He's like, I was lonely. It's just me here making all these things. I, uh, knew that you guys would come. And he's like, I dude, it works. you can't just make traps and try to kill the good guys if you want somebody to hang out with. If you're lonely, you go on the internet, you join a glee club. <laughs> it's like, you don't kill super guys or bat guys. And way, the two of them basically tell here like, if, you, if you're lonely, just call us, we'll hang out with you. And he's like, Really? You guys would do that. It's like, yeah, dude, just don't try to set traps for heroes anymore. And we have no problem hanging out with you. That was the end of it. It was just like the two of them, like basically ragging on each other back and forth as they are going through all these different room scenarios. But there was a bonus story after this, which didn't have to do with Connor and Tim. This was actually a Superman story. And it was called Sam's story. It was a short story about a friend of Superman's growing up in Smallville that you never really saw in the comics called Sam. And Sam was like this kid that always made Clark laugh. This is all being narrated by Jonathan, by the way. And Jonathan's like, yeah, Martha always used to say how Pete was a funny guy, but he always made jokes at other people's expense. So most of his jokes that would make Clark laugh is like joking about how weird Clark is for all the different powers that he has. When Sam actually made jokes that didn't have to do with people's expense. And then little by little, um, you see him like in crutches, and he tells Clark, he's like, oh, it was, you know, soccer. I can't put much pressure on it. And Clark is discovering his superpowers at the time, and he notices like a black spot on Sam's leg. And he doesn't know what this is at the time, but it turns out to be cancer. Mm. And it's slowly developing over this story. And you see Sam is getting worse and worse until one day he's not in school anymore and, like, the principal announces it to, like, the classroom and Clark is explaining all this to Jonathan and he's like, you know, why does this have to happen? Jonathan basically tells me, you know, like, life is what you make of it and he did the best with what he had. And that story was written by Jeff Loeb and the art was done by Tim Sale and it was dedicated to Jeff Loeb's son. Oh, who had passed away from cancer at 17, oh. Who is the main writer for this story. And so oh, all these yeah. other writers and artists got together to help finish the story.
0: That's why mm-hmm. it flip-flops.
1: Yes, a bunch of guys. Like Jeff Johns, Joss Whedon, Jim Lee, Tim Sale, as I said, Ed McGinnis, Joe Kelly, Rob Liefeld. Like I said, there was 26 people that worked on this. That's amazing. So at the end of um, Robin's Superboy story, because like I said, it was a flashback story, right. so it ends with Tim looking at Connor's memorial at Titans Island with all the other Titans around him, and then you also see Hero holding a little Superboy action figure. Aww. Aww. Yeah. So that that was like the whole thing, and it was all dedicated for Jeff Loeb's son.
2: That's so touching. Right.
1: I've probably read this story, like, a good three or four times in my life, but this is the first time I saw the back page describing about Jeff Loeb's song.
2: That's so crazy. And that's so funny that this is, like, the first out of two times that Joss Whedon has swooped in when someone's kid died to mm-hmm. help them out. And it was with Jeff Johns, too. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Isn't that weird, though? I wonder if he, like, actually was trying to help out with Justice League, you know? Maybe. Because like he's really gotten slandered as like the thief that took over Justice League since then. Yeah, but they're both very similar situations with mm-hmm. entirely different outcomes Mm-hmm. That's so touching. Wow, really good choice, Joe. That's interesting,
0: right? Yeah, I didn't even know that. I knew kind of bits and pieces of this with like the funny banter between mm-hmm. them and you're like, yep, that's Tim and Connor. <laughs> <laughs> to <a tea>. Mhm. <laughs> Share on the brain cell. They've already been friends during Young Justice, and...
1: Even before that, they had a couple team-ups in um, their world's finest yes. two or three issues back in, like, early 90s. Because
0: that's when they met. Yes. Officially, so. Mm-hmm. It makes sense to have the legacy characters, which would be Tim and Connor, in the Batman Superman, because they, they have similar buddy cop little, like, witty banter between mm-hmm. the two of them. I definitely appreciate the difference between them and other Bat
2: Family characters, because there's always, like, you know, that uh, cross-pollination between Super Clan and Bat Family, <laughs> and it's like, everybody has such a unique relationship, Tims and Cons, mm-hmm. and is really hard to mimic.
1: Mm-hmm. And Tim even, like, starts that off in, like, his monologue. He's like, you know, like, we had a bunch of adventures together, and he's a brother to me. Sometimes he was the big Mm -hmm. brother, sometimes he was the little brother. Mm -hmm. It's like, but no matter what, I knew I could always count on him. Yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed this one. I always give this one, like, a 5 out of 5.
0: So, now it's my turn. I, of course, being the Timmy aficionado who has almost read everything, I decided to go with Batman issue 456 and 457. It's when Tim finally gets the mantle of Robin. Mm -hmm. Um, For those of you who don't know, Tim revealing Dick and Bruce as Nightwing and Batman, but it takes a while for Tim to actually become Robin. So he's kind of the man in the chair for a long time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) These two issues are preceded by the death of, I can't even remember Tim's mom's name because she dies very early, and his dad being crippled. Um, I'm not going to go into too much detail because that whole storyline is weird. Um, So, Batman's a little hesitant on getting a new Robin and having a hot-headed Robin. He doesn't need that. Tim kind of gets a little huffy, kind of like any teenager would, when their parent says, go to your room. (sighs) He resigns himself to the fact, okay, Batman's right, unfortunately, but I can do something to help. So, there has been uh, strange occurrences going on in Gotham at the time. People with these skull masks have been committing strange crimes and they're usually people that normally wouldn't just attack random people and there's no correlation between any of them. So. Tim thinks, like, if he can solve this mystery for Batman, (laughs) he proves that he can be Robin. So this this is his way of getting in. Even though he's been his man in the chair the entire time, like, he's really been helpful to Batman. He's full-on pulling a Stephanie, though. He's pulling a bit of a Stephanie, and Alfred comes in and he's like, Master Timothy, would you like to come upstairs and have uh, Christmas Eve? Tim's like, it's Christmas Eve? Gosh, totally forgot oh, well, I guess uh, I'm going to be pulling an all-nighter. No Christmas for me. And Alfred's like, oh, the first of many, I assume. Like, pretty much just <laughs> snarky Alfred.
2: Wait, so you're telling me Alfred's prepared, like, a Christmas Eve party for these guys? No, he's
0: he, he's pretty much trying to get Tim's mind off of everything, so he's offering him to be like, hey, let's go, like, Wrap some presents or like do, do some like Christmas Eve stuff in the manor. Like let's let's at least have a Christmas Eve. I know your mom's funeral just happened, but like let's maybe Wait. wait <laughs>
2: okay. I need a clarification here. So where is Dick and where is Bruce? Because if okay, this poor br- man has no one to spend Christmas Eve with <laughs> that's hilarious. But what also would be hilarious is if Dick and Bruce or upstairs
0: wrapping presents <laughs> and TVs <Nope>. down here. <laughs> no, Batman's out on patrol trying to find like these I think they call like the them the death mask. even though, like these weird white sheet with like a skull face over it. He's trying to like deal with that out in Gotham right now because a mall Santa just went crazy and started to attack people. So Batman was dealing with that and a bunch of other things going on around Gotham at the time. Yeah, Alfred's kind of like, let's get your mind off of it. Oh, okay. Dick, of course, he's not in this story. I bet Alfred wishes he could just have a normal child. (laughs) Just one who doesn't fight people in the street.
1: (laughs) Why can't I have my own sidekick?
0: (laughs) Tim's struggling with what to do and Batman doesn't know who he's actually up against. It's kind of not healthy that Tim keeps sitting in front of the, uh, the Robin suit that Batman has sitting there as a memorial for Jason, oh, just kind of staring at it. He keeps looking at the, the Jason suit. Stuff happens with Vicki Veiled because apparently she might have uncovered who had connections to these skull mask people.
2: I haven't thought of her in ages.
0: Yeah. She's really prominent, I think, in these earlier... What happened to her? Is she yeah. dead? I don't know, I actually. feel like she got
1: the Cat Grant treatment, where she just kind of on assignment and then just never returned.
0: <laughs> but she she's kind of pulling to Lois Lane, where she's trying to, like, investigate and gets captured. Tim falls asleep in front of the Jason <sighs> Memorial and has the weirdest dream were specters in his mind of dick grayson wearing the robin outfit and jason todd are pretty much saying heroes never give up tim you know that and they're like telling him all these really like ominous things the jason one even says i killed myself tim because i couldn't wait because i didn't think through it and you're like Okay. Oh
1: god. It's like a
0: Christmas Carol type deal happening? Mm, maybe.
2: That's
1: and then they go so away like a fever dream.
0: Tim's like these force ghosts. <laughs> 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 yeah.
1: When you said ghost. Spectre, I got yeah. confused for a you second. You can't I say like, Spectre
2: in the DC universe and not have a I was like, hat. what the hell
1: is the Spectre doing with Tim Drake? <laughs> I
0: I think it's just Tim I'll get to it later. It's one of the weirder aspects of this. This could have been done so much better like, or just not have them because it felt so weird unless like V said there was this their kind of way of being like it's happening around Christmas let's like kind of throw a Christmas Carol vibe into it. I totally didn't think about that. But Tim starts making connections because of his dream and he figures out that the one thing that connects all of these strange occurrences is fear. Dun, dun, dun. I don't know how he comes to that conclusion. I literally do not, um, massive plot hole, because he wakes up and he's like, I must have been daydreaming. I can find it. whim, Caprice, doing something without forethought, without fear of consequence. Of course, that's it. Fear.
2: Having no fear of consequence not the same as having... What? What?
1: That's just called being a Gothamite.
0: That's the one weird thing about how he connects it to, surprise, to Scarecrow. Scarecrow's whole thing is inducing fear, not taking away people's fear. I'll get into the the plan later, because he, he of course, monologues like every villain. Mm. Uh, Tim calls the GCPT and warns them. He's like, I can't get a hold of Batman. You need to set the bat signal so he can come, and you need to warn him that it's uh, Scarecrow. They're like, sorry kid, we don't know who you are, but this is strange. We'll light the signal, but we're busy. Like we can't just run off on the whim of what some strange anonymous caller is saying, even if you are Robin, because kid calling on the phone talking about Batman. So Batman is trying to get into this warehouse. I do like this one panel and just like the whole fight sequences with Batman because no fancy gadgets, it's just him flipping through things, knocking people out. Tim's like, oh no, once again, looks at the suit and thinks, I could put on the suit, go look for myself, but then what if I failed? If I'm wrong, it could be the end of everything. So Tim decides to to go after Batman anyways, but he doesn't put on the Robin outfit. He just gets in like a winter coat, calls a cab too. Scarecrow has Batman, hangs him upside down, and induces some fear toxin-y stuff into him. And at this time, I thought because of modern day stuff with Scarecrow, usually his fear toxin induces your worst fears. But at this time, each of the toxin things induces a different fear. Mm -hmm. So he induces fear of spiders, and then later on, fear of agony. So different individual fears.
1: That is pretty interesting. I, I've only seen that done once before, and that was in the DC Universe, the uh, the online video game, when you're fighting Scarecrow.
0: Mm. But of course, Scarecrow monologues and gives his reason for doing things. All he did was mailed Christmas cards with this new drug that he created. So I guess it would kind of fall along with all of his new drugs. Maybe this one inhibits fear. So, you don't fear to do certain things that you normally wouldn't. So, it's kind of a lower your inhibitions kind of thing. He never really explains much about it, and also along with the death mass, to 50 random victims. So, that's why things were happening all over the place and why Tim couldn't make a pattern. They were random, they were completely random. Scarecrow wanted chaos to reign across Gotham, and once the drugs hit, he telephoned and suggested a little holiday slaughter and if they had any repressed rage and any desire to kill, and they did. It wasn't just inhibition, it also apparently has hypnotic elements to it. Mm. Hmm. Depth is not a thing that some of these stories have when it comes to plot holes. <laughs> sure thing. So Batman's been compromised, Tim comes in in his little taxi and manages to make his way through the warehouse they're not the smartest goons to be honest but he does get through a lot of the goons by outsmarting them tripping them locking them into uh, storage closets mm. and other things and he does actually have to knock one of them out with a metal pipe later on which of course because of the length it's his bow staff so it's kind right. of at the start of tim getting his bow staff so it does show tim being very capable and not being brash about mm. it he's Probably the more technically minded of the Robins. He gets to Batman, fights off Scarecrow, and unfortunately Scarecrow douses him with some fear toxin that he just threw at Batman earlier, and Tim starts to relive um, the horrors. He sees the Obeja man killing his mom, injuring his dad, and we're not done with the weird Robins. They start to shout at him in his brain, saying, you don't need the suit, you don't need the mask, it's in you, you make yourself a hero, and you're like...
1: I just keep expecting a magical girl transformation. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So gimmicky and hokey, but I really, really wish that they had actually allowed him to get over it himself instead of having these figments in his head tell them, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, if they're in the fear, they're in his head, they are a part of him, so I might be like
1: in a way it's telling himself
0: in a way telling himself i would have preferred the thought blocks over Mm -hmm. the the robin screaming (laughs) either way he overcomes the fear and manages to uh whack scarecrow a lot and smashes him into his own storage of fear talks and stuff and they just cause him to go crazy with fear and has l- a really cool panel of Scarecrow being hung up like an actual Scarecrow and being picked at by crows and there's Ew. bats flying around. He saves Batman! Woo. One of the underrated relationships that Tim has is with Batman. Um, a lot of people kind of shove it aside. It's like, oh, he's just the sidekick. Bruce really does care about this kid.
1: I mean, also a lot. plus Later on, a lot of people forget, too, that Bruce literally adopts him.
0: Mm-hmm. He's the only one who actually takes the Wayne name. Well, hyphened, but still. Well, yeah. Cass
1: as well. Cass Kane.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: She becomes a Wayne as well.
0: I yeah. forgot about that, too. But with what Bruce has been through with kind of losing Dick, but more in a way of, like, him growing up, mm-hmm. and then, of course, just losing Jason, I don't think it was... It was a couple years ago. It's been it's been a while since he's had a Robin. He sees a lot of promise in this kid, but he doesn't want to mess up. Mm-hmm. So Bruce says this to Tim because Tim's like, I didn't follow the rules, and I, I totally understand if I'm not going to be made Robin, if I'm done with all this. And Batman's like, well, you've learned something today. Sometimes, not often, and only when it's justified, a hero gets to break the rules. Thanks, Robin. And he sh- freaks out his hand and shakes a tim's hand just like ah and tim just lights up
1: tim passes out on the street
0: he passed out (laughs) and it goes back to the Batcave again at the freaking jason outfit like good lord (laughs) batman asks are you afraid of it Tim says no it isn't fear it's more the suit carries so much history and then bruce says i appreciate that tim and i'd be failing you if i expect you to bear that weight so let you know what you think and he hands him a package and tim runs off and comes back wearing the newly designed Robin mm. outfit that we know him for. So it was kind of like a, you're the new Robin, but there's so much baggage in the classic Robin outfit. Also, we don't want people wearing those, like, tiny little booty short things <laughs> we anymore. We feel like, you let's... need
1: some pants, Tim. Yeah, we feel it's like you need winter. some pants. <laughs> it's
0: winter. It's a different era. Let's uh, get away from the fairy boots and put some <laughs> pants on you. Um... <laughs> And so we see him in the new costume. And that's the first time that he's in nice. the new Robin outfit, which is cute. And is the start of like a bunch of different runs for Robin at that point, which is kind of cool. I really enjoyed this story because it shows Tim kind of growing into the hero that he's going to be and differentiates him from Dick and Jason because mm-hmm. a lot of people like kind of forget him. He's the forgotten middle child, but he's definitely different than all of them. Yeah. That's kind of why I like this story a lot. I was stuck between this story and Robin 2, which involved the Joker. Mm -hmm. I love it because this is Tim's first time encountering Joker being Robin. Playing with him. He's toying with him. He's making references to what happened to Jason. Tim may
1: not have had a death experience like Jason, but he definitely had a lot of traumatic things happen to him as his time as Robin. And then going into Red Robin and then even, like, later on in, like, Rebirth stuff as well.
0: Yeah. Didn't have a good start to Rebirth. Freaking, (laughs) like, died. Freaking Jor-El. That's what I said.
1: Freaking Jor-El.
0: Despite some of the weird uh, things that you can just kind of throw into suspension of disbelief because of the age of the comic, um, I definitely give this a 9 out of 10 because I do love the character moments.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: And I think that's everything we have for the comics. (laughs) We do actually have a bit of comic news that actually involves Tim, and I want to... Oh? um, I thought I would throw this in here, because it just got announced today. But they casted the actor Jay LeCurgo. I'm probably butchering his last name. I apologize. I think he's a newer actor. He only has a couple of acting credits to his name. He's been cast to play Tim Drake in the upcoming season of Titans. Oh, gosh. A, I am so sad because Tim is just probably going to get butchered writing-wise, and I feel so bad for this kid because he's an up-and-coming actor, and this series just needs to end. This, this story is just bad. <laughs> so bad.
1: He's going to get the same treatment as um, the new Batwoman actress, you think? Oh, God. In terms of, like, all the negativity going after them?
0: I don't think so, because he is actually a canonical character. I think the biggest issue Mm. with Batwoman was the fact that she was just this made-up character. And her character traits were so counteracted each other, so I think that's why there was so much hate. And if your lead star leaves, you just cancel the show. Like, why are you (laughs) having Batwoman without Ruby Rose? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. And it's not just this new actor I feel bad for, I feel bad for all of the people that are taking part in Titans.
1: Yeah. But now it's basically just becoming a Batman-centered show, because you have Dick, you had Jason, you're getting Barbara Gordon season three, you have Bruce Wayne, you have Scarecrow coming season three, and now you have Tim.
0: hmm
1: <laughs> I'm glad I stopped watching this. <laughs>
0: I watched it just to see what was going to happen, see if it could redeem itself. It didn't. (laughs) But yeah, I think that's everything we have for my birthday back in the (laughs) of Robin E. Proportions. A lot of different stories. I would love to just rant on Tim, but if you want to talk Tim Drake stories, you can follow me on Twitter (laughs) at Mus- zero ICA you totally can't tell just based off my icon and my banner that I love Timmy <laughs> but, or this whole episode yeah. or this whole episode <laughs> so with that thank you guys for listening to this week's episode of the Court of Alots podcast you can follow us on Twitter Instagram, Tumblr, and YouTube at Court of Allets let us know which comics you want us to cover next week and make sure to stay up to date with our latest episodes by subscribing to the podcast on Anchor Apple, Google, Spotify and anywhere else you might listen to your podcast. Take care,
1: guys. Can't wait for my Superman birthday party in March that we're gonna record. (laughs) It's terrible. Bye, guys!
2: (laughs) Gosh.